Hi, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Hexagon Radio. I'm your host, Jack Williams, and today we'll be talking with Rick Zach of Microsoft about responsible AI and how to deploy it, some approaches, and ways in which Rick and Microsoft address this issue. So, Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jack, and appreciate the opportunity to uh, work together on this podcast and uh, share some insights uh, for folks, not only about artificial intelligence, but sort of the boundaries around it, how you deliver it in a responsible way. Yeah, I'm, I'm particularly interested in this, Rick. Uh, it's an area I focus on uh, heavily in, in my day to day. Will you tell us a little bit more? Tell us a little bit more about what you do and, and your role within Microsoft. You know, Microsoft uh, has a real commitment to public safety and has many people on different teams supporting it. Uh, My role is in our U.S. state and local government team, and I lead our strategy for public safety and justice, which really for us means working at an intersection of strategy and technology and policy. We've worked with you quite a bit in the past, and um, I can attest to all those things. Microsoft itself, Rick, you know, you look and then you see cognitive services, you see Azure ML, you, and you see some of the projects and initiatives. I mean, they're coming out with amazing stuff every day. Um, and they've been working on AI and machine learning for, you know, about as long as anybody. So I guess, can you tell me more about the work to make sure that, uh, you know, that this, the hot topic today, that AI, your AI is responsible? Take us through a journey, for example, like what are some of the guidelines that Microsoft uh, considers or, or their stance when they talk about responsible and ethical AI? Well, it's a, it's a great question because artificial intelligence, AI, is different than a lot of other technologies. And as you know, Microsoft for decades has been delivering technology to support organizations of every kind. AI is different. And it's it's so connected to people and has the ability to drive outcomes without people involved, right? So the, the, the stakes are much higher as you get to a technology like artificial intelligence. And as a result, Microsoft, alongside developing a lot of the capabilities that, that you mentioned going back many years, has really focused on the policy side of it and trying to support the technology with some frameworks to ensure that when when organizations deliver an AI solution, they do it in a responsible way. I mean, this started for us uh, almost five years ago in 2016 at the very early side of providing artificial intelligence across so many different industries. Um, and in fact, that really drove a lot of our work on the technology side as well, because they're so tightly coupled artificial intelligence and the frameworks to ensure that it's delivered appropriately. And so for Microsoft, uh, it has been about building internal teams to uh, review the development of artificial intelligence capabilities, to have a committee inside that meets to really provide guidance on appropriate uses for artificial intelligence and have all of those things flow into the work we do, um, including really establishing by name an officer of responsible an office of responsible AI that goes back even two years now. But again, this whole idea is delivering technology in a framework of sort of base principles that ensure that artificial intelligence gets delivered in a way that's appropriate and and responsible. You know, Jack, one thing that would be interesting is almost to talk through what those principles are around AI that flowed out of all of that work for Microsoft. 
Yeah, so tell, I mean, so from my perspective, Rick, I mean, you know, when I think of responsibility and ethics, you know, what, what does that really mean? You know, we, we can all have a stance and a policy. When, when I work with, with our AI group here in, in Hexagon, we, you know, we think of responsible AI as uh, being very transparent, mm-hmm. very explainable, and very interpretable. And be cognizant of the fact that data sets can be biased in, in some degree. Now, I know that's, you know, could be subjective, but it could be imbalanced data, right? Over-reporting in one area, et cetera. Um, so can you sort of maybe apply those those three things, interpretability, explainability, and transparency, and bias? Uh, do you, what, what's the take on that? How does Microsoft uh, approach that? Uh, and, and you raised excellent points in that, that bias question is an important one because in many scenarios in AI, you're using data to teach a system to identify things or to prompt decisions, and it can only base that on the data it gets. So if the data isn't representative, then you're not going to get representative outcomes. To answer your broader question, what flowed out of Microsoft's work on developing the policies to, to understand appropriate use were actually six principles that 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 we've laid out that guide our work. And they're not Microsoft specific, right? They're not product based. They're they're really principles that can be applied in in any case around AI. And and if if you want, I'll just walk through those because they do capture some of the things that you're talking about. And for us, they put the framework down for technology and strategy. And if if, if I go through them, the the first one we look at is fairness, that AI systems should treat everyone fairly and that the similar people across all dimensions should get be treated in a similar way. So if we look at an example, like an AI system that may provide guidance on medical treatment or a loan application or employment, they should make the same recommendations for everyone who have similar symptoms for medical treatment or financial circumstances or professional qualifications. The fairness should should take any of those biases out so that the same inputs coming in should get you to the same outputs coming out. The second principle for us is really about reliability and safety. And it's this idea that AI systems should operate reliably, safely, consistently, that consistency is so important, under both normal and unexpected conditions. And it's just an idea that if you build a system that can only deliver responsible AI in a very narrow set of conditions, then you've set up failure. And so it's that reliability part and that safety and protection has to be there across all different scenarios, because in some ways it's a different set of bias. You have bias from circumstances. The third area that we've laid out. The third principle is privacy and security. AI is about almost peeling layers back on data, understanding data inside of other data. And so protecting privacy and securing the important information for people or for businesses is becoming more and more important and more complex uh, 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 in the new modern sort of technology society. And so if we look at privacy and data concerns, those are core to making sure that we're, as we gather more data in, as systems are processing more, as they're helping to make decisions, that we protect through that system the privacy and security of people's data. There's a fourth, and I think it it goes to some of the things you were talking about, and we, we refer to it as inclusiveness. 
which is you should be building systems in a way where you're already identifying the barriers that could even unintentionally exclude people from all those things I talked about, reliability, fairness, everything else. So rather than building a system and saying, well, we haven't run into a problem, so we're good, the inclusiveness part is about actively seeking out those places where there could be barriers or ways that are you're unintentionally going to exclude people. So seek out the issues and address them rather than assume that all is well. Yeah, and I think that's I, I think that last one kind of is the way you enact the, the the first three in the sense that you know Microsoft is the platform of of choice for most businesses out there today, and you know we use Microsoft technologies to write software to manage our cloud services to create AI algorithms with uh, and leverage um, services like cognitive services mm-hmm. and having. Those guidelines, I'm assuming, Rick, tell me if I'm wrong, that means that Microsoft is proactively incorporating these principles into their products and providing tools or tips or I I would just say guidance, uh, if you will, because, you know, it's still a platform. People are still building on top of it. But tools to, for example, like obfuscate personal data or consider data bias and, and automatically detect, say, an unbalanced data set that that might be considered, quote unquote, biased or statistically not a good data set to use for, for AI. Because as with AI and machine learning, and you know, I've worked with the product team as a product manager, and we, we always are like, we need more data, more data, yeah, more data, right. right? More data, better AI. But there's, you know, just because you want more data, it doesn't mean it's good data. And, you know, so is that how Microsoft incorporates those pillars those that you just mentioned? Yeah, and let me do this. Let me do, because the, there's actually two more, and one of them, and then I want to go I'll go to your question, because you see how they're all connected together. The, the fifth is transparency, right? You have to know how a system is making its decisions. And I think you called it intelligibility, which is something, a, a term that we use as well. Like, it, it, it can't just be a mysterious box. You have to understand how it's getting processed. And the last... This is almost most important to me is accountability, and you highlighted this as well. So if you're going to put a system out there built on AI, you have to be accountable for how it operates, right? And that really ties back to your question, which is Microsoft engages internally, right, to make sure that our own tools are are created, developed, deployed uh, to in a responsible way around AI. But then we provide a lot of guidance to the partners that we work with because we can provide sort of frameworks, help them understand outcomes. Sometimes for sometimes the partners that we work with, um, we've already addressed a lot of the questions around privacy and security and the way that we develop our own systems and can provide them valuable insights on they on how they develop their own. And just for one example, I'm part of a discussion with one of our partners who's uh, has what could be a, a really powerful tool for public safety. And we're helping them through the process of understanding what does privacy really mean here? What is security? We're, we're coaching them on, on places that they may not have looked yet for where those gaps are or where those barriers could be um, that would exclude people from that fairness, right? And so you're right that that it's a collaborative process. And the fact that we've done it ourselves and go through it and continuously do it makes us a resource 
for not only the technology, but from some guidance on policy as well. Yeah, that, that's 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 huge because everybody today is, is is wanting to incorporate AI into their solutions. And honestly, if they don't, then you know they're going to be left behind. In, in my opinion, and but just in the rush to operationalize AI, uh, people might not sit back and think about some of these uh, these ethical and responsible, you know things that you you need to consider before you roll something out. And I, I think that's very important. I know you guys have worked with us uh, very closely and we appreciate that uh, in our relationship. And, and it is something that I can say that you guys do a very good job of. Um, and so with regards to public safety, um, you know, when you talk to the uh, customers, partners, um, the public at large, you know, how do you convey um, and communicate uh, this transparency with the public? What do you do? Uh, you know, how do, how do you get that message out and, and, and kind of settle their, you know, Hollywood fears of AI <laughs> yeah. taking over the world and uh, Terminator coming back and having a robot human war, you know? <laughs> so how do you do that? Well, well, there's a couple of things that that we do. And, and the first is being really open to that discussion around the fear and the mistrust that sometimes people have with, with AI. You know, from, from our point of view, the, the, the wrong answer is to say, trust us, it's all going to be great, right? That's, it's, that, it, that's, not a, that's not a meaningful answer. What is really meaningful here is to is to engage that discussion, lean into that discussion, recognize that AI is different because it's so connected to human intelligence, right? And has a greater potential for both good and harm, but really engage around the discussion. Drive through the idea in that discussion that, uh, that there are principles behind it. And that often is a very helpful discussion for, for everybody, not just for Microsoft, but for often the customer that we're working with or the partner we're working with to say, look, here's our position. And you know, you may agree with one, you may not like this one, you may like them all, but let's have a real discussion about what AI means, what the potential is, and what those guiding principles are going to be as we start to develop new systems. And I think the other part to this, and this really goes to, to the public, um, which is about being as transparent on how it works with the public as you can. Because uh, I would say one of the, here's a focus that we've always had in technology in the mm -hmm. past around any technology. The goal has always been getting to that launch date, right? It, it, mm -hmm. For, for yeah. Hexagon, for Microsoft, we have this day that we say, boy, this is the day we're gonna release it. And if we put that in terms of particularly a public safety agency, let's say, then we all look at, you know, what is the go live date when they're going to launch that new capability? And what we've seen is that the world is different, particularly when you have capabilities like AI that can be more intrusive. The launch date, that release date, that go live date for that public safety agency running AI isn't the day they deploy it. It's probably mm -hmm. six months later after the public, the community that they serve, have had a chance to see it and express their um, feedback, both positive and negative on it. That's yeah. 
the real go live date. It's not the day you, it's not the ability to deliver a new capability with a public safety agency, but it's to do it in a way that helps them keep it six months later. I totally understand. I mean, Rick, I mean, just the kind of a side question. I mean, if you, you've probably seen, there's a lot of watchdog groups out there that are, that are uh, looking into ethical practices of AI that are looking into data and privacy security issues. So, um, you know, I, I do think there's going to be some a, a stricter, uh, maybe a more you know formal way of uh, you know trying to identify some misuse of, of technology, specifically AI, um, where it where it intrudes on people's privacy and uh, is not transparent. So I, I think like even if even if you don't buy into this, right? you still eventually are going to have to do it because it's going to be, I believe, at least mandated or heavily, heavily encouraged behavior because uh, I think it's, you're just going to have to do it or else people are, are going to turn off uh, over time to, to something that they don't know where they're ge- how an AI got to its decision or how it came to mm-hmm. that notification. No, I mean, you make a good point. And I, I want to sort of dig into that a little because the, I liked your point about, you know, Skynet and robots coming to get us, right? Which is sometimes the the view that people have on AI, that it's going to be something new and different. And one of the things that sort of drives this focus on transparency on our end is the recognition that AI is more often going to come in the background of something that somebody's already using and not as a new system they can decide yes or no to vote on you see what i mean like you, yes you, you know you you get it's a TV, background it's a process. background and it just comes yeah. with something and i'll i'll use netflix as, as an example or if you use any streaming service yeah and you get the recommendations from it like well you watch this you might like these three things it's essentially ai running in the background and it's trying to learn what you like what you don't like you see it on social media you get prompted with things hey you watch that movie and what do you know you start to get a lot more things like that so that's my point that it's that it's we're going to see less times, fewer places where you're buying an AI system and more times when AI is just going to be a new sort of uh, uh, capability powering things inside of something you, you you already use. And that's why the more transparent we can all be about how these capabilities are coming in, how they're getting built, what's done what's specifically not built into it, the more comfort we'll have for the public, whether it's a public safety agency or it's the people that they serve, getting comfortable with these new capabilities powered by AI. Yeah, that's. I, I like the way you put that, Rick. Uh, it, it's you, You're not, and you're, you're exactly correct, um, and I'm going to steal that language. You typically don't buy an AI system. You, you, you embed AI capabilities into your products, whether that's to provide proactive alerts or to uh, provide a better user experience or to um, suggest movies <laughs> that you like. Right. That's what it's used for. And I, I agree. I think the more transparent you are, the, the better it's going to serve you. And listen, some AI, simply put, the more data that you give it, the better it will behave. I mean, it's just it's the nature of AI, more data, you know, better AI. But be very transparent and say, look, this is how if you want to do this, you know, this is what type of data we would we would be looking at. This is how we'd analyze it. You know, if you want to participate, there's there's probably a lot of value to be added 
if that person's comfortable with it. And I think as long as you're straight up with people and don't try to bury stuff in the background, then it can be a very value. I think most people would be willing to, I don't know, trade off a little bit uh, to to get some uh, added value on the, on the back end, right? So, well, and you know, one of the things that we would want to sort of make a distinction because there's there's different flavors of AI across machine learning, deep learning. True. We wanna, true. We, we want to be in that transparency, in that transparency, being specific with people when AI is being used in a scenario where it's essentially doing what a person does, but doing it at massive scale. And, you know, that's not every case, but that's an awful lot of cases. And what we've seen is when we, whether it's us directly or or one of our partners delivering capabilities, when you say, this isn't different than when a person did that job based on paper or having to do it themselves, but now AI is doing it massively at scale and then bringing a person in to review things. Let's say there's a match across a massive data set or something like that. What we find is that the trust goes up because the more we share about the fact that this isn't some space age new process, it's the same process just done sort of at massive scale, people get comfortable. There's an asterisk there, which is then we have to be just as clear when an AI system is doing something like deep learning, where it's getting much more complicated to explain what is exactly going on inside the system. And we have to that's where we have to be super clear and super transparent as well. So, Rick, first off, I got got a two pronged question. So first, what are some some best practices for public safety agencies that are out there listening and and they want to begin their work with AI? You know, what, what are your top best practices for agencies to consider when getting started? And then how do you uh, anticipate the focus of responsible AI playing out in the future? Like, how, how, how do you see that bubbling up? I mean, do you, do you see it becoming more and more of an emphasis um, just in certain industries, you know, human in the loop or interpretability? How do you anticipate uh the, the focus to be on responsible AI moving forward. So best practices and uh, the focus of responsible AI. No, they're great questions and they're they're really tied to each other, right? You know, how do you get started and and how long do you think this is going to go, right? Do you think this is going to get bigger? And and on the getting started part, like for an agency who's who's listening to the podcast, the first step isn't technology, it's policy. It's understanding how you're going to use AI, what your constraints are, and to get some some real guide rails for yourself. Now, you can do it at the same time as technology, right? But I would say don't leave policy for last because and there's some examples here uh, from technology for public safety that can show us. And, and I would say one example is the growth of body-worn cameras go back probably five years six years for the the real uh, uh, enormous growth of body-worn cameras. And and understandably, a lot of law enforcement agencies deployed them. They became a great uh, tool for driving uh, transparency. But a lot of departments didn't at the same time create the policies required to support them. This was a new kind of data, capturing people at their most vulnerable, very sensitive data. And they had to have policies that said, who would wear a camera? Who wouldn't? When could you turn it on? When could you turn it off? Who would be able to review the video? You know, could an officer review the video before 
or as part of writing their report. And I won't give you the answer on both of them. There's arguments to be made on all of those questions. But the point was a lot of departments deployed them without the policies in place. So the first time there was pushback on it, they didn't have a policy to stand on around, mm-hmm. around use or disclosure or anything else. So a really good example of where it wasn't just the technology, it was having the technology and the policy tightly coupled that really drove adoption and got the public comfortable with their use. Same thing's playing out with with AI. And so uh, a public safety agency who's, you know, listen to the podcast, create an internal policy first, right? How are you going to use it yourself as a department? And then how are you going to govern that, right? This is AI requires the sort of, you know, policy review to say, who's going to be responsible for the policy? How are you going to measure whether you're staying in compliance with your own policy? And then how are you going to use that policy as a way to really support the the use of AI in the department, both directly and, and through the use of AI in the solutions that you use? And there are a lot of good and a lot of good guideposts for that. There's some really good reference examples of how you put together sort of a, a governance model that way and then put those principles in place. Is that a new role? Like who typically plays that role of the, you know, it, it, and I agree. I agree 100 percent because you're going to run into questions and issues that you've never seen before. You know, uh, a lot of AI does have some you know, configuration, right? You, t- yeah. you, you, you direct it what to look for in some regards. And there is uh, a lot of data that otherwise is probably not accessible or you weren't maybe tracking before. Who has access? How do you maintain that compliance? How do you govern it? Is that a new role? I mean, I'm just curious. Like, I know that's uh, uh, random, but I mean, who would do that? So these kinds of decisions really are going to be a combination of leadership on the mission side and council's office, right? And depending on the the, the city, the county, the you know the state entity that's doing this, there's going to be somebody whose legal guidance is relied on by the the mission leaders because this is an area where the where it affects both of them right it's it's not mm-hmm. always law but the law plays a role it's not just mission without any boundaries around it there are constraints so having those people talking and together on some sort of working group is going to be really important we are seeing a role sometimes come out as a privacy role and okay. that person is most likely the person that's going to get the responsible AI uh, responsibility because there's such a tight connection between privacy and AI. And, yeah. but, I, I, but I would just say that is a good thing. So for the chiefs listening in the call, this is a good thing. This is about <laughs> getting it right. Don't be scared. This is about getting it right at the beginning and being able to get new capabilities. It's not about saying no, it's about saying yes in the in the right way and avoiding downstream consequences. Yeah, uh, potentially big ones too, yeah. and uh, can't be understated, and I agree. So yeah, I was just curious, because I, I would think that um, if folks aren't uh, thinking about it now, as they roll out uh, initiatives that involve AI and things, you might want to just think about you know, how, how that governance and, and compliance and transparency is going to work. So uh, uh, good stuff. Oh, and, yeah, please so, go ahead. Yeah. And so what, what, so tell me about the, the larger focus. Uh, do you see, do you see larger focus on responsible AI? Do you think it's just a fad right now? Um, and if, or is this just going to continue to 
to become more and more of a thing. And then and, and it's going to be in the dialect of everybody, you know, responsible AI. Yeah. What, what I think thought? it's going to sustain Jack. I, I, I really do. And, and it's because, because AI, you know, not just us and not just you, right. It's, it's, it surrounds us. You know, if you talk to your phone today, right. If you ask your phone, the weather, or, you know, you talk to some, you know, home speaker in your house and ask it to turn the lights on, you're using AI, right? And so it's not separate from what we do. What we see is it's really getting woven into everything that we do. And so as a result, the the idea of doing it responsibly, understanding what a yes is on a scenario and the ones that you all people or most people look at and say no, that's only going to increase over time as AI plays a larger and larger role in, in our professional world, our personal lives. And so, you know, we may call it different things than responsible AI over time, but I think two things, it's getting more and more pervasive and will continue to increase. And that people in society as individuals will feel more empowered to push back when they believe that systems are either serving their needs or being done in a way without transparency that they don't understand how it works. Well, I'll tell you what, Rick, you've, you've given me a lot to think about. I, I took notes the whole time because just because you were full of uh, great information. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, you know, the talks about the, the pillars that Microsoft uses to uh, make sure the AI is responsible, uh, the guidelines that you follow. I, I will say that Hexagon is in lockstep with you. Uh, no wonder we're partners because we, we enact this type of guidelines. And then the, you know, the issues around uh, inclusiveness, I thought were very interesting. I appreciate all that information, Rick. And then and once again, enjoyed the conversation. I, I do want to uh, ask you, do you have any uh, parting words? I'll just say that at Microsoft, we appreciate our partnership with Hexagon. Look forward to the opportunity to do more podcasts together in the future. Rick, thanks again. I appreciate your time and joining us on this uh, podcast with Microsoft to talk about AI ethics and responsibility. To listen to more episodes of Hexagon Radio or to learn more, please visit hxgnspotlight.com. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in.